You're listening to the midweek service from Harvest Bible Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our guest speaker. To learn more about us, please visit harvestbibleonline.org. Normally, I know we have praise and worship. That uh, The purpose of praise and worship is to usher us in the presence of God to get us ready to receive our hearts. But in the meantime, why don't you guys go ahead and stand up. We're going we're gonna to spend time in prayer and praise and just God, give God thanks and, and honor him right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you. We praise you and we thank you. God, we thank you for the awesome freedom and privilege that we have to come together in safety and in peace. To hear what you have to say. That our lives are not in danger right now. That we can come together freely, joyfully. Father, we honor you and we thank you for tonight. Lord, it's you we praise and we honor. There's no one like you. None that can do what you do. God, we can do nothing without you, your ability, your grace, your great grace and your mercy. We stand before you tonight looking to hear from you. Lord, we bless you and we honor you. Lord, we praise you. What a privilege it is to hear from you, to break open the bread of life, to take hold of your words. Father, thank you that our hearts are prepared, our ears are open, and we're ready to obey ready to act, ready to believe, ready to change. Lord, we honor you. We thank you. Tonight, we trust you for utterance, boldness. We thank you for all that's going to take place tonight. We come to hear from you. Lord, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Now, I'm going to do something really cool here, and I'm going to set an alarm that's going to help me shut up. All right. Well, Pastor Mark asked me to share on this one phenomenal subject that I've actually been functioning in for some time, uh, ever since I born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, I've been operating in this, and, and uh, it's radically transformed my life. And uh, we're going to talk about the ministry of helps tonight, okay? It's, basically, it's actually the largest area in the body of Christ with the least understanding of value and importance. Matter of fact, a lot of individuals that go to Bible school, whether it be Rhema Bible Training Center or, I'm sorry, Rhema Bible College now, a lot of uh, other you know, you know, ministerial training and things like that. Um, there are some that do go into ministry. A lot of them end up going back to the churches and becoming even more of a blessing than what they were when they left. And you know what? That's awesome. Ministry helps is a phenomenal place to be in to start to serve in. Okay, we're going to cover ground of what that actually is. A lot of people misunderstand it. A lot of people, they, you know, they, well, how do I, what, what, what does that mean? How do I get started? What do I do in church? You know what I mean? How, where would I, where would I, you know, where would I fit the best at? A lot of people don't know. One way you do know is you start serving. I know when uh, me and my wife, we, uh, Harvard's Bible Church became our home back in 2002, the very beginning, 2002. We've been here ever since. And uh, the first place that, uh, you know, I was told that, hey, I'd like to see you starting the kids. So I was in, I was, I served in the kids. I traveled all the way from Rancho Cordova. I think it was like 50 miles away or something like that one way. I don't know, give or take 10 miles. But um, 
so I started, me and my wife, we were coming down from uh, Rancho Cordova, and I would help out in the kids. I mean, I was tucked away in the back room. And let me tell you all something, you, you haven't, you, you know, you truly get set free as a man wearing a burgundy fifth grade cafeteria lady apron, okay? That will set you free. I didn't feel the most masculine. You wanted to go home and watch a couple of Rambo movies after wearing that thing or something, you know what I mean? Can we at least get some Bruce, Bruce Lee theme music playing and, you know, for the kids, so to speak, right? So by the virtue of the fact everything's cool now, everybody gets to, you know, they, they look sharp and, you know, looks cool, but I didn't get that when I served in that area. But nonetheless, uh, you know, we did what we had to do. And uh, I learned a lot. And, uh, but serving in the area where, with, in HBC kids, you know, I tried to be the best helper I could. You know what I mean? I made sure that the teachers were there, that they get to spend time with the, you know, teaching the kids and dealing with the parents when it was time to come get the kids. And I made sure that, you know, I vacuumed the rug, moved stuff out the way. I mean, vacuum, but I know how to clean. I, I, I know it's, I don't look like I know how to clean, but I promise I do. Uh, you know, I, I made sure that I took care of the, the dirty part of it so that way it could free the teacher up. I did my best. I didn't know, I didn't know what I was doing. And then pretty soon I started participating in teaching the kids. And then just went from there. Now kids are not mine. You know, it's, it's, it's not something that burns and turns on the inside of me, but I'll be more than happy to get in there and help and do a great job. And you know, I can you know, cover a shift or two if need be. But I mean, the kids is not my you know, most exciting part that I, yeah, let's go with this, this serving the kids. Although it's very needed and it's very vital. And people, you could tell people that love to be in there with the kids, man, their face light, they light, they light up. And it's just awesome to see, you know, when people, they, they, they have joy on their, on their countenance when they go in there to, to help with the kids, you know. But that's how I started, here, in this house. And it just went from there. I've cleaned the toilets, swept the parking lot, cleaned cobwebs, um, you know, participated in serving in communion um, right here. You know, I've been in the youth for several years. And so I've been in various aspects throughout, throughout this house right here, and uh, I've learned a lot. Seen a lot of people, worked, along, uh, worked alongside a lot of folks. You guys are awesome. You guys are awesome. And especially when we all come together to get a work done, an event or something like that, I'm telling you what, set, setup may take a minute, but breakdown is even faster. I mean, I mean, there's folks that when we come together, man, we get stuff done. And so that's, I've, I've enjoyed that, working along, uh, you know, alongside a whole bunch of people. And right now, the part of the, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Brian McFarlane, by the way, and uh, I just did that thing called assuming, but, uh, so my apologies, but uh, I'm Brian McFarlane. And uh, part of my, my role here, uh, how I serve, I serve in the area of the ministration part of Ministry Helps, meaning that if you're interested in serving, you come talk to me, okay? So I know when somebody's, you know, if they're, if they're in a particular thing, it seems like their thing is the biggest thing, you know, but that's, you know, it's just, it's, Ministry Helps is the big, you know, a big deal. But I find that a lot of people, they struggle in this area. Like I said, they, they don't understand the value and importance, and they think that what they do doesn't really matter. Or they don't understand how they impact on what they do. They think that, you know, if, if, they're, if they're part of the cleaning crew, that how could that possibly contribute to, you know, the supernatural taking place in the service? You know, legs growing out, cancer, tumors disappearing people a message of salvation and somebody getting born again how do they how where's the connection it's huge and we're going to cover that ground tonight 
and for some reason I get a whole hour to talk about this. This is awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> so the truth is God hasn't left anybody out. Okay. Hasn't left one person out. Everyone has a calling or they've been called. Okay. When you get born again. So if you got your tablets, iPhones, Bibles, you know, that thing that's got a genuine leather, fake leather bound thing with pages in it. I still use those. I still use a good old fashioned Bible. All right. iPads. iPhone. Let's go to Romans chapter one, verse five. Y'all there? By whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are called, look at that, also the called of Jesus Christ, to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8, 26. Chapter 8, verse 26. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what to pray for. Uh, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. And we know here, verse 28, and verse, verse 28 through 30 especially, and we know that God causes all things, or everything, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up translations, but... And we know that God causes everything to work together for, though, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. And one translation said he made them glorious. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, it talks about, I knew you, and this is uh, the Spirit of God talking to Jeremiah, I, know, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and anointed you as my prophet to the nations. Man, before you, wow. Now, now we're about to get into the meat. So clearly right there, several, several witnesses right there let you know you're called, Okay. Now we're going to get into some meats and, you know, the specifics of this thing. First Corinthians chapter one. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God. Verse one. This letter is from Paul chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ, uh, Christ Jesus and from our brother Sosthenes. Say that fast five times. And I am writing to God's church in Corinth to you who have been called by God to be his own people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Ephesians chapter four. Verse one. 
Therefore I, a prisoner, uh, slow me down if y'all need to. Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you've been called by God. Always, verse two, all the way to verse four, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other and make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body and one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. John chapter 15, that's the words of Jesus. Verse 16. John chapter 15, verse 16. In the Amplified, it says, Amplified Classic, you have chosen, or you have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and I've appointed you. I've planted you that you might go and bear fruit and keep on bearing, that your fruit may be lasting, that it may, uh, that it may remain or abide, so that what you ever ask, whatever you ask, in the, that ask the Father in my name, as presenting all that I am, he may give it you. I like that. He's appointed you and he's planted you. That's legit. Glory to God. 1 Peter 4, uh, chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister, minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse 19. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting men's sins against them, and gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Believers, through the new birth, are born with two things. Number one, gift or gifts. And the message. You're born with those two things on the inside of you when you get born again, when Jesus Christ becomes your Lord. Now, with the calling, God places and arranges each and every person in the body of Christ into a specific function with a specific purpose to accomplish a specific assignment as he has determined. And again, some of y'all may not know right away, what am I called to do? You start working and you find out God can steer a moving vehicle a heck of a lot better than he can a parked car. I promise you. Now, let's look at helps to find, okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. It says, and God has said some, set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, and after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, and diversities of tongues. Helps defined is, is, in short, it's a supernatural ministry listed among things like miracles and healings. Amen. Helps is up there with miracles and healings and identified as a gift. It's a gift God has set in the church like a concrete pillar to hold things up, literally. 
helps it, it, in the helps ministry you aid, you're useful, you give or provide what's necessary to accomplish, you contribute strength, you cooperate effectively with, you function to make things easier or less difficult, you're profitable, you serve to be of service, you serve and to be of service, and you cause to stand. Now let's look at some things. First Corinthians chapter 12. Verse one. Now, we're about to cover some ground about supernatural gifts of the Holy Ghost. But I want you guys to take a look at this. This is a trip. I like, the reason why I go cover a lot of ground with scripture, I do this in my own personal time because I like looking at things in context. I've been taught when you, get, when you see a scripture, read the chapter that it's in, read the chapter before it, and read the chapter that's after it. And you get a lot of rich, rich things. Plus, you give a lot more for God to bring to open your eyeballs to. It was pretty, someone, it was pretty cool when something like that occurs when you're sitting there and you're looking, you're, you're reading the word, you're meditating, and God starts talking to you. That means he'll take a scripture and make it come alive and starts talking to you. That's when faith is actually able to develop. When you hear something. When God can take, when take the things of God, especially his word. Oh, it gets rich. In your own personal time. So forgive me, but just bear with me. We're going to cover a lot of ground in, in scripture because I want you all to see what I see and then some. All right. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there, be, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God, which works all, uh, worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For the one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. Now listen, the word of wisdom is, and word of wisdom is basically a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning, divine pur- concerning the divine purpose and plan in the mind and will of God. That's what it's talking about when you, talk, when you hear the word of wisdom. Word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God. Okay? These are in operation. And to, another, uh, by, to another faith or special faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, which faith or special faith is a gift of faith uh, to the believer in order that he might receive miracles and gifts of healings is manifestations of the Holy Ghost for the supernatural healing of sickness and disease without any natural uh, resource or means. OK, and a lot of times you'll see special faith working in miracles and gifts of healings operating all like a fingers in a glove. When somebody gets raised from the dead, you'll see those three those three gifts in operation all at, all at the same time. Uh, verse 10. To another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, divers kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Working of miracles, this is where God works a miracle through a believer. Prophecy is a supernatural utterance in a known tongue or language known to the speaker. Discerning of spirits is supernatural insight into the spirit world. This is where the believer will be able to see and hear in the realm of spirits. 
in diverse kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance in an unknown tongue or language unknown to the speaker. An interpretation of tongues is a supernatural uh, showing forth by the, spirit of, uh, by the spirit the meaning of the utterance in other tongues. A lot of times you'll see that in our services where someone will get up and they'll give an utterance in another tongue and another person will come by and they'll, they'll give the interpretation of that. Tongues and interpretation of tongues equal prophecy. Okay. Um, verse 11, but all these worketh that one and selfsame spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. Verse 11 in the New Living Translation, it says, it is the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Verse 11 is amplified and amplified. It says, all, the, all these gifts, achievements, achievements, abilities are inspired and brought, brought to pass by one uh, by one and the same Holy Spirit who apportions to each person individually exactly as he chooses. That's not what we're talking about necessarily tonight, the gifts of the, uh, the, gifts of the Spirit, although they do function in each, they, they can function in the believer's life. But I want to talk to you about the one behind those gifts because he has a whole lot to do with you cleaning the toilets. He has a whole lot to do. That same spirit that manifests those gifts, those supernatural gifts, talking about the miracles, the signs and wonders, that same person that I'm speaking about right now is the same person that deals with you in cleaning the toilets, helping out with the kids, vacuuming the rug, watching the parking lot, taking up the offering, serving people in the communion. Uh, in communion. We're talking about that same person. Okay. And if spit starts flying, don't worry about it. You'll get healed. I promise. Okay, the same Holy Ghost that manifests these spiritual gifts and supernatural power of God, both individually and corporately, when we come together, is the same Holy Ghost that anoints us for service to tend to and carry out the natural aspects and work of the ministry. Man, so we're talking about the same person that, it, it, you know, coming upon us to serve, giving, empowering us to serve is the same one that heals bodies that has all the supernatural stuff that we hear about and see among us. He cares, and he comes upon us to make sure, like I said, we got clean toilets. Kids are taken care of. This is the same one. And that gift and that function is up there with miracles and healings. When you function, on the, function on the, under the anointing that's on the ministry, it helps. You're helping to facilitate the supernatural move and power of God. Y'all ever think about that? I know a lot of times when um, people are serving in the nursery or the kids especially, and service is powerful. You got a guest speaker. I mean, they're laying it down. People are laid out all over the floor. Rich word. Parents come in. They go to get their kids. And they're like, man, you missed it. Yet they were taking care of the baby, taking care of the kid. I've personally seen this myself. I, I have this story. It stuck with me. It stuck to my ribs like a good plate of ribs do. You know what I mean? But it, this stuck to me. And this, this, this meant a lot. When I was helping, we used to have altar call that would, we'd go over in the office over here. And um, there was a mom that, uh, that came to our church. And she brought her little girl with her. And, and she was uh, little enough to go with the, the, little, the little guys, the little dudes. You know, I think it was a four or five-year-old. And it was a single mom. And... and um, uh, she would always cling to, her, cling to her mom. Grocery store, went out in public, always just real clinging to her mom. Mom came here, checked in at the um, check-in spot, you know, got her daughter checked in, and she looked down and didn't see her daughter. She's like, oh my God, what happened? Man, her daughter took off and ran inside the, the classroom. Never did that before. And uh, mom was blown away. She's like, whoa, you know. 
Well, guess what? Mom didn't know Jesus. Guess where mom was going in, in here? Guess what happened? Mom gave her undivided attention to the service. Guess what happened after that? Mom gave her life to Jesus. Who's responsible for that? Who facilitated that? It wasn't Pastor Mark. It wasn't the ushers. It was guys over there. They facilitated that. Their natural actions, okay? Their natural, I mean, if it wasn't for the Holy Ghost being involved and their joy in serving, that created the atmosphere for that child to respond that way. We didn't have some, well, we didn't, didn't look like Disneyland out there to make the child want to come in. But it changed mom's future and eternity. Impacted that child. I seen this because mom, she was blown away. I had a chance to talk to her. I never forgot that. What you do, no matter how big, no matter how small, you, think, you might think it is. You know, no, nowhere in the Bible or in your personal time did God ever have a casual conversation with somebody. When God says something, there's, there's, there's so much behind that. God doesn't talk just to talk. Everything you do, no matter how big or small you might think it is, it means something to God. When you're functioning in the place, you're getting, if you just get started, you may not even know. And you may find out, Joshua is not my thing. <laughs> I know that now. But I wouldn't mind helping cleaning. I wouldn't mind helping with the kids. I don't want to be seen. Cool. Man, for a long time, I wasn't seen. And I'm still not trying to be seen. Okay? <laughs> I'm not. In fact, I'm functioning in the ministry helps right now. Right now. Gentlemen behind the camera. Ladies in the booth over there. The youth. It's all serving, one aspect or another. And trust me, on the, the Bible says God is not unrighteous. He is not, and he settles up. And when he settles up, he settles up decent. It's legit. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown towards the saints in his name. Okay? I promise you, there's not one person in this room or in the body of Christ worldwide that God doesn't have a design, a plan, a purpose, a calling for. Somebody messing with the clock? It happens every time. Acts chapter 6. Here's another phenomenal example of what happens when people begin to step up and, and function in the area of the ministry helps. Acts chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. There was a food program. Verse 2, then the 12 called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, the 12 apostles, it's not, it's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. In other words, it's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not right, what other translations say, for us to leave the you know, prayer and the teaching of the word to take care of this, take care of this you know, the food administration is basically what they were, what they were saying. Verse 3, wherefore, brethren, look, out, look, look ye out among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. This business is serving tables. 
taking care of this natural activity. And they said, find some folks that are full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom to take care of a natural responsibility. Isn't that something? But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the same pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen, a man full of, the, of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Procurus and Nicanor and Timon and Parmenas and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. I was going to see how more complex those names got. Uh, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Verse 7. And the word of God increased. Look at that. And the number of, uh, of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly, and a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, uh, full, of, uh, Stephen full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. Look at that. What was, the re what was the end result? The word of God increased. Pastor Mark is one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life, besides my bi biological dad. My dad is one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. But I'm going to tell you, I've been here countless of times. I mean, Pastor Mark, it's gotta, he's got to deal with something that weighs about 600 pounds before he asks you to help him. You know what I mean? It's, he went in to lift something. You know what I mean? I mean, the guy, he'll be the first one there and the last one to leave on several occasions. I mean, I personally know him. I've seen this. He's, he's constantly being spent and spending and being spent. And loves people, loves to help. Loves it. He's a rare breed <laughs> for the amount of... I mean, that, 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 I mean, I work out with the guy, too. I mean, he's legit, okay? He can move. But if we could free him up, keep him free from doing the natural work of the ministry, leave him to preach, pray, and prophesy. He's not asking this of me to tell you guys. This, I'm, this is coming from me in accordance to God's word, Okay? Leave him to preach, pray, and prophesy. His vision is to the, is to the size of the proportion of the, of, the people, of the number of people that need to get born again in this area, in this region. He said that on multiple occasions. Okay? Let's let him get alone and with the Father. Get words from heaven. And like I said, you guys are, you guys are phenomenal. I've worked alongside you guys. Every Sunday, I see you guys, people that take, take the shifts in the classrooms. Man, it blesses me. It's awesome, the ushers, the media. Are you kidding me? I'm technically challenged. I had to get schooled on how to, how to deal with this uh, bill pack. I barely know how to work this iPhone. So it's not, I'm not saying this is an indictment against anybody, by any means. You guys are awesome folks. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are, are one body, so also is Christ. It's First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. For by one spirit we're all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether it be bond or free, and have all been made, or have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? 
And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore of not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were a hearing, where would the smelling? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. Now, I'm going to say some things here. Helps is a supernatural ministry with its own supernatural anointing to serve God by serving his pastors and his people. Now, with that stated, if you're truly functioning under the anointing that's on the ministry helps, you're not going to have your own agenda. Okay? You're going to flow in line with and help the man and woman of God of this house, pastors Mark and Pamela Butler, over this house that you serve in, period. Okay? It is its own, it has its own anointing, but it's there to help. Now, one way that you, one way, you know, it's not that God can't talk to people or show them or give them direction or ideas and plans and things like that. That's not what I'm saying. But you never want to approach the pastors and you state that the spirit of God is saying, you know, we need to do this and do that. Especially direct, uh, as pertaining to the direction of the church or how we need to do something. Okay? Because then you draw a line in the sand. One of us is right and one of us might be wrong. And that, then that, that you know, and you might be right. You might be, you know, catching wind of something. Okay? A good approach is if you do have something in your heart, is to ask the boss, I'm sorry, Pastor Mark, I call him the bosses. <laughs> ask Pastor Mark, you know, what they think about it. You know, what do you think? Think we can, things would be a good idea to do? Submit it. It's just, eh, what do you think? You think it's a good idea? You think we could do this? Or what, are you, what are your thoughts on it? Solicit their thoughts and their feedback and then willing to accept, receive, and submit to their response. That means he's like, nah, nope. And I mean, you spent time, energy, you swear. I mean, you bet you stake your life on it that you heard from heaven. Spirit of God is talking to you. And you heard from heaven. And there's a flow. There's this and that and the other. Hey, what do you think, boss? Things would be a good idea? Nah, not right now. Oh, yeah, that's when it gets good. That's when you start living life. But believe it or not, you're covered. You did your part. You're like, hey, and it's okay. Doesn't mean he's holding you back or anything like that. And I'm not saying this again. This is not accusing anybody in here. I'm not. This is not an indictment. I swear. I'll give you an example. One of the Wednesday nights that we have that where Pastor Mark, he was doing Q&A at the time questions and answers and he went off on a rabbit trail and he actually taught he started talking about uh being filled with the holy ghost with the bible evidence of speaking in other tongues i was sitting in the room that night in the back over there i think it was somewhere around over there i knew by the spirit of god there was three individuals in here that needed to receive 
And I also knew by the Spirit of God, if I laid my hands on them, the, the Holy Ghost was going to come upon them and they were going to receive, get full and speak and utter. I knew that by the Spirit of God. I knew which three people it was. Sitting back there. <laughs> the only part I didn't know is how to go about accomplishing this. The boss was still speaking. <laughs> and I mean, do I, do I get up? I mean, how do I go about doing this? Plus, he knows what he's doing. He's the head, the under shepherd. And obviously, I picked up on where he was at. And I, 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 I picked up where he was at, knew down on the inside of here, knew what he was talking about. He already, I just caught up to where he was. So how do you deal with that? It was a challenge to contain myself and to keep my mouth shut. But God is not the author of confusion and has established a structure. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 32, I believe that the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. That means you can control yourself. There is a way to do things. So I went to the boss after service and I said, hey, this is what, you know, this I kind of picked up on this. What do, what do you think? There's this, this, and this person. And, and, and did I miss it? I mean, did, did, was I right on track? He's in, and he confirmed I was right. And he showed me he went about how to go about handling something like that. But I submitted that to him. I didn't feel like I was being held back or pushed down. But there's a way to flow. There is a way to flow. There's things that, we, uh, that I had that I began doing. And, and it was something that was in his heart that had been in heart, his heart for several years. And I started flowing in and we ended up going that direction. I wasn't trying to start nothing or do anything. But I picked up on some things. What does that mean? Does that make me deep? No, that means, oh my God, I heard. <laughs> That's what that means. <laughs> I, wow, I can hear. <laughs> Whew. But that's all that's, they didn't establish any, and you know, I'm all of a sudden some, you know, you know, some prophet or some great grand teacher to the call to the body of Christ. No, that just means I heard. Cool. Does that, y'all see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Okay, let's look at the understanding the importance and value. Okay. This thing, somebody's messing with the clock, I swear it. 60 seconds to a minute, right? All right. So it's understanding the importance and value of this thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 19. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Now I can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and, and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are, the, are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together uh, such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have, le have less dignity. This makes harmony among the members, or this makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. 
That means we ought to celebrate each other when somebody's having success. Man, and when you're not. Verse 27, and all of you together are, are Christ's body, and each one of you is a part of it. What do you all think is the most valuable part of your car? Some people say the engine, and absolutely. Some people say the transmission. One of the most valuable parts of your car is actually the catalytic converter. You all know that? The all for all the mechanics in here. You guys know what I'm talking about. Guys, meaning people, there can be some women that can, that can knows what to do with a wrench. Don't misunderstand me, all right? I look like I could take a, you know, I could do your plumbing and rebuild a car engine. I know how to change a tire and pump gas. That's it. <laughs> this specific part converts and cleans the emissions produced from your engine. If this, part breaks down, if this part breaks down, it dramatically reduces the power and life of your engine, and it contribute, it'll contribute to your vehicle potentially overheating and impact the fuel mile, your fuel mileage. It will greatly impact the endurance and longevity of your car. This part, you know where it's housed at? You know where it's located at? In the dirtiest location, situated between the engine and the muffler. And it's never seen by anybody. But if that sucker goes out, its impact is going to be felt and no longer in, in the car will no longer function properly like it should. But yet it's the least visible and in the nastiest place of the car. Serving in the ministry helps is not in the limelight or for the limelight. Yet the effect and impact is immediate to those who benefit from the service rendered. Whether it's in the parking lot, using the bathroom, checking in children, a simple handshake and a smile when you walk through the front door. Just by making that contact, looking at somebody and genuinely saying to them, hey, I'm glad you're here. Because they could have they could have picked anybody. They could have picked any other church that's open. They could have picked any other place to go to. You know, they could have went bowling, <laughs> fishing. I haven't been fishing in a while. There's no big or little guns, nor are the people ranked above one another or like a hierarchy. And I promise you, the disciples are just like us. They had issues. <laughs> 745, 15 minutes, y'all. We're doing good. Look at this. I got 15 more pages, man. All right, we're going to do good. Here we go, Matthew chapter 20. Verse 20. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Deb Zebedee, say that one fast five times, Came to Jesus with her sons. Uh, she knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What's your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in, in places of honor next to you, one on your right hand or right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. 
Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we're able. Jesus told him, you'll indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who'll sit on my right or left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the 10 other disciples heard what James and John asked, they were indignant. They was upset. They was hot. They were mad. But Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lorded over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. He's starting to deal with their attitudes now. But among you, it'll be different. Whoever wants to be the leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be your slave, must become your slave. Verse 20, 28 in the Amplified says, just as the son of man came not to be waited on, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The price paid to set them free. That was his attitude. Philippians chapter two, verse five. In the New Living says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, though he was God. He didn't think he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. That's nuts. He didn't think that was something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble, uh, the humble position of a slave and was born a human being, a.k.a. became a man, became flesh. One translation, verse 7 says, uh, he stripped himself of everything that makes God, God. And he didn't see, and right here, he said it didn't think of uh, equality with God as something to cling to, but freely stripped it off of everything, attributes that make God, God. And became a man. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Now, all the miracles and everything that Jesus did, he said, for this cause came I into the earth and give my life as a ransom for many. Out of all the stuff he did, he said, this cause came I into the earth. Wow. It's not about the importance of titles and positions. It's about the greater importance and the eternal impact you'll have when you desire to be there as a benefit for somebody else. And it doesn't have to be. I mean, you know, people need help outside the church, too. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. The ministry of the church doesn't rest on status. It actually rests on service. When people are serving and begin to serve, there's a growth that takes place. Okay? There's indicators of when that, growing is, when that growth takes place. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, verse 11. And he gave some apostles, prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. And he did this to fully equip and perfect the saints, God's people for works of service to build up the body of Christ, the church. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and some knowledge of God's son that we'll be mature in the Lord. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. 
The indicators of growth and maturity basically is people will be built, they'll, they'll build up and add to the welfare of God's family, the church. And they'll learn to help and serve other people. Another example of when people are functioning in the ministry helps. Because when people, people, when they come to our church for the first time, for example, or you know, they've never been to church, or there are other believers from different places and they move relocated to our, our area and whatnot, the first thing they're going to see, they'll see our parking lot. And then they'll see the people either doing the parking lot, overseeing the parking lot. The next people they're going to see is the hospitality folks out there. Then bump into an usher. Long before they even see our pastor or even hear what our pastor has to say. They're seeing us first. And when we bring excellence, excellent does not mean perfection. But when we bring excellence to whatever we're doing, that means we're doing everything in all our heart. I've never been accused of lacking passion. Okay? Depending on what you're talking about, there's a lot of fire in the conversation when we're interacting. And God forbid if I had a cup of coffee or two, it gets real. Okay? But when you have passion, when there's fervency in everything you do, no matter what it is, people, you can't fake that. You can't imitate that. And it has an impact on people. I was going to get into some other stuff. But I'm cool. Because like I said, we're going to get out of here at 8 o'clock. And I want to be invited back even if it is just to usher or something like that. <laughs> but we're going to do something a little bit different right now instead of bowing our heads and closing our eyes. See, it's cool to serve and be a part of the body of Christ, but you have to be in the body of Christ to be a part of the body of Christ. Okay? And I have a feeling that everyone, everyone in here has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. If you have, raise your hand. Okay, it looks like about everything else. That's what I figured. All right, cool. And it looks like I think everybody in here is doing something too, serving in the church. But if you're not, and that's not true concerning you, and if you're interested to get started, we can have a conversation after service, and I'll be more than happy to get you going, okay? I'll ask some questions, and we'll figure it out. No shame. And there's no pressure, absolutely no pressure, okay? All right, well, amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Harvest Bible Church in Stockton, California. If you live in the area, we would love to have you join us at one of our services on Sundays and Wednesdays. You can check us out at harvestbibleonline.org for location and times. We hope to see you soon.